<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? This audiobook oh is brought to gosh. you by this, Val and Pete. Boy, I love this one. Yeah, this was fun. I loved this one. I know fun. I always say that, but this this one's extra, extra crispy great. You know what you definitely always say mm. is I know I always say. Yeah. <laughs> because growing up, I just told you that like people in my family, uh, a lot of them just repeat things. And it's like, aren't you even going to acknowledge yeah. that you've said that a hundred thousand times? Because right. it's it's like gaslighting. Totally. It's like, you know what I always say? And I'm like, we've like, heard this. Where's the real person underneath this person? <laughs> yeah, But it, mine, you know, it's an overcorrection. So yeah. I'm really afraid. But yeah. when people do that and they say, uh, one of my favorite things in life is if I, let's say my name is Billy and- uh, th- there's three of us. There's Billy, and let's say there's another person named Renee. Renee Zellweger, <laughs> and I'm Billy. And I just told you a story about how I love parasailing. Yeah. And, and then, then Renee Zellweger he's... comes in, and I go, "Oh, I was just telling Val. Val, I'm sorry you have to hear this again. I love that. You That's say you're like thing. kind of the only person I know that says. Other this. people do it. Okay. Because when but people you do, do it, that constantly. I fucking love it. Thank yeah. you for acknowledging yeah. that this is a fucking repeat, dude. Yeah. It's just a repeat. Oh, parasailing. I was here for this twice. It's acknowledge it. It's so sweet, but like, and I think it is a good trait, but I feel like spouses should be off off the hook. hook. Like you can't be saying that for me. We don't do that every time. But you do it most of the time. Like I tell I just poor Val's heard this a million times. You say that so often. It's like, of course, I'm your partner. That's yeah. what I signed up for. You don't have to acknowledge it for me. Ramdas used to say, think of how many times I've heard it. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, I know some of you heard this, but think of how many Okay. All right, guys. Support the show. We just have one. I think it's perfect jeans, which I'm wearing. Of course. It's my fucking fave. So listen to this little ad for perfect jeans. I love them. Support the show. Support your, you know, your your pants. Your local businesses. <laughs> well, yeah, they're yeah. a great little biz. Yeah. Uh, listen to this uh, ad and all right, go do the ad. <laughs> Speaking of uh, my special, when I, you know, obviously you're going to tape your special. You want to look good. This is 100 percent real. I wore, no doubt, my perfect jeans. This episode is brought to us by our friends at the Perfect Jean. And evidence that I legit love the perfect jean, not only when I want to feel good, because they are the best pants I've ever owned. They're soft, but it's like a soft secret. It's 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts require. But they also look like designer jeans. They have the best washes and the best cuts, and they look incredible, and they're made from the best quality sewing techniques and materials, meaning I have all my jeans are perfect jeans, and they never need to be replaced, and they move. They're flexible. They're soft, comfortable pants. They're not yoga pants. They are jeans, but they stretch so your nuts ain't crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone with specialized washing for your jeans so they feel literally as soft as a baby's butt. You might even forget you're wearing pants. And as I said, they're constructed utilizing the best quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. And they're not khakis, although they do make jean khakis, and those are my new favorite. They also make hoodies, which are my new favorite hoodies. I'm obsessed with their hoodies. I'm obsessed with their t-shirts. I wore one of their white, crisp t-shirts for my special as well. And I wore their athletic cut dark blue, uh, dark blue, dark blue, great jeans. I wore these dark blue jeans for my special and they look incredible. So check them out 
I absolutely love them. And I reached out to them to sponsor the show, and that's how we got here. So the perfect gene for perfectly imperfect men, 20% off when you use code WEIRDO at checkout. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene, whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honkin' eggplant. The perfect gene has you covered. You can look good and feel good. Take a peek at theperfectgene.nyc. That's www.theperfectgene.nyc. Use code WEIRDO for 20% off at checkout. Support your body, look good, and support this show. All right. I'm also on tour. Go to PeteHolmes.com. The shows have been fucking great. I hope to see you out there. And Valerie? Get into it. That's an Alan Watts thing where he goes, every, every, every... But the very notion, everything is in and out, up and down. Even mm. if you listen to my voice. And then he goes, ah. He goes, it sounds to our ear, one note. <laughs> but if you listen carefully, ah, you can hear it. It's going, yeah, ah, it's vibrato. It's, it's, but it's not even... Vibrato, would, sure, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would... <laughs> I want to be very clear, <laughs> and yes, and you, <laughs> but vibrato would be the uh, addition of intentionality to a phenomenon that's already occurring, meaning... It's the, yeah. You, it, it, every note is vibrato, but vibrato is make apparent what is happening with every note. Uh, Does I that see. make sense? Yes, yes. It's making it bigger. Uh, well, y- y- making it more obvious. Are we yes, saying the same thing? More obvious. But there is sure. no way to do a note that is is clean because it's always a relationship. It's always like this wobble. Yeah. Okay. There's a wobble to it. There's a wobble to it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, you know how to butter my bread. <laughs> so how this is you? this is what how you're like right you? now. <laughs> I actually thought I was totally chill. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, you feel like gummy. I'm, I'm holding so... your hand right now and you feel gooey gummy. I'm a toll house. <laughs> You're giving me the full weight of your arm right huh? now. <laughs> well, you didn't ask for anything but it. <laughs> I didn't want anything but it. You didn't ask for anything but like, it. That's a gummy worm that I'm holding right now. I want it's a giant heavy <clears throat> gummy worm up for an arm. GHGW. Mm-hmm. I Oh, yeah. I thought for a second giant was with a J. It should be. Giant should be with a J. Jump. Oh, yeah. The giant jumped. Let's spell that. This is why I'm, G- not, <laughs> I'm not one of those parents that's like teaching their kid to read. Let the school handle that. I can't be explaining to her why G is a J. Don't Jesus. get me started. Up. <laughs> Jesus, J-E? And I... J-E? Look, I... No, I know that I am an English teacher by trade, technically. Can we just admit. But I don't want to teach a kid to read. It's too much. The letters sounded out. This one is a silent E, sometimes Y. Like, it's too much. <laughs> That's funny. I was just thinking about one of the funniest Simpsons, underrated Simpsons. It's when Bart joins a boy band. Mm-hmm. See, I'm gooey. I'm excited and I'm gooey. Okay. I don't know why that was gooey. 
No, I'm just showing you, like, look how calmly I'm speaking to you right now. <laughs> okay. Like, I can, I can do this. I, can I don't want you to be afraid. <laughs> like, you are safe. <laughs> Everything is fine. This train makes this local just, stops. This is like a drunk person trying to convince it you is. that the, I'm sober. Look. Hello, officer. That's what my friend Kat used to do. Hello, She's like, officer. I can, look, no, I'm totally sober. Look, hello, officer. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you're rehearsing the alphabet backwards, it might be time to stop tanking the tuk-tuk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, When you're like, yeah. I'm going to need this. Z, X, W, X, Y, Z, Y, W, no, Z, Y, X, W, I think cops just want to see. S, R, Q. What the fuck is happening? Are you Captain Morgan's mistress? Are you Miss Bacardi Breezer right now? I was at one time. What do you mean? What was your relation with alcohol? Talk to me. Pretty, pretty (laughs) hot and heavy there for a bit. Really? Yeah, I guess it was before you knew me, although it spilled into when you knew me. But like... First five years of 20s, first four years of 20s, for sure. Yeah. Just like going to the, the club every night. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. we used to, in fact, the the drunk testing reminded me that we, my ex-husband got a breathalyzer, like, because you used to just be able to like, it was like when Amazon was like, Val. hey, this bookstore sells some other stuff. You are <laughs> You know so where you get all your college books? That that you can gray, get breathalyzers that from there now. gray space. Yeah. For those of us old enough to know when Amazon was just books mm-hmm. and it started doing some weird shit too. Yeah. Before you were like, do you need a wing nut for a grill? Do you remember? They exactly. got it. Here, name the weirdest thing you get on Amazon. I'll go first. Raw Brazil nuts. That I think this is a game for you. Okay. I don't really get weird things on Amazon. I do. You get a lot of weird things. I get a lot. I got a. I got the the cold plunge has a special like wrench that you have to take the filter off with. Wow. Found it on Amazon. I got the wrong one on Amazon. Then I finally yeah. got the right one. It's um, not a good story. <laughs> well, I'm glad you interrupted my actual good story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> doop. Doop, 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 doop. Oh, I thought we were doing New York. Start spreading the news. Okay, go ahead, Val. Well, I'm mad. Go ahead with this hot story. So we got, do you remember sending your books back to Oh, Amazon? I'm sorry. Am I welcome to riff now? <laughs> I'm God. pissed. I'm pissed. Oh, oh this is okay God. to riff now? Oh, my God. You let me know when I can riff. In fact, just, 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 just hold up one finger when I'm free to riff. And when you want me to be a regular cold gray line motherfucker, just like a, a beige carpet. Listener, no. Just an no, listener. I was thinking not no bullshit. I was thinking today, sweet listeners, of what a special crop you are. <laughs> you are a special crop. These listeners? Oh my god. You walk oh, around yeah. the, the greenhouse of podcast <laughs> oh, listeners. Oh no. Yes. And I wasn't go, talking what are about these flowers and they're like, they they play music? Like this flower's playing music? Mm. And they're like, yeah, it's it's a different kind of fan. It lights up at night. I know that sounds like I'm kissing ass, but it's true. If you can, we say it almost every week. Who listens to this? If I you can know. roll with this, Angels. you're a unique breed. But what I was, when I said listener in our riff, I didn't yeah. mean listeners of this podcast. I meant 
You were oh, talking about like, like listeners, being just somebody who listens, which is telling that your mind went straight to you mean like listeners of a podcast. We're doing a podcast. I feel like my own lawyer, Your Honor. They were doing a podcast. Okay, going back to the breathalyzer. So yeah. we got a little. I still remember it. It looked like it was just a perfect rectangle with like a screen with red numbers yes and the thing that you breathe into would fold down yeah. for poor for maximum for the drunk like, on the go yeah, yeah i got exactly. it exactly that's and an old breathe. jim gaffigan line you give someone a flask like hey you look like a drunk on the go i just <laughs> want to footnote my riff <laughs> nice jimmy gaff um so jimmy gaff corn i don't care so <laughs> <laughs> What is corn? Just a bunch of yellow teeth in a husk? Why am I eating this? And then it ends up in your teeth? Why? And is... then it ends up in your poop? I don't know. Why I can't is do high that. fructose corn syrup bad for you, but corn is good for you? I actually don't think corn is good for you. Yeah, I don't When you guys were rocking corn yesterday, which looked great, I passed because I was like, that's what we give like livestock because it just bulks you up. Just like mm. a bulk. Mm-hmm. I think the corn people are like, have been sidling up to the vegetable community for a long time. <laughs> but it's actually one. It's like a potato. It's like one of the vegetables that are. It like- is. <laughs> potato and corn are outside of the dance hall where asparagus and zucchini are all in there doing limbo. Uh-huh. And they're great at it. They're very bendy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and out in the back, fucking corn and potato are smoking ziggies <laughs> yeah. and kicking cans because they know they don't got much going. <laughs> That's when McDonald's comes up and's like, "You want to be sugar? You want to be fries? <laughs> I can make sugar out of you. You, you want to be sugar? You, you want to be, be fries? <laughs> <laughs> it's Louis Armstrong. Hey, baby, I see fries of <laughs> fries of grease. <laughs> yeah, red tomato too. <laughs> Sweet Where do we stand on his voice? We like it. Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitive. We we like, like it. it. Everybody accepts it. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. You see him after a concert. We accept your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so yeah, we got the breathalyzers and we were at the stage where it wasn't like, this is great. Now we'll know when it's appropriate to drive and when it's not. It was... Yeah. Let's see the biggest uh, number oh, we I'm can sorry. make this thing. Not this to was drive. Seth Rogen in the 2000s, not Seth Rogen now. We have a yes. more sensible Seth Rogen. like, I don't know if we should be doing heroin. And <laughs> yeah. like, but earlier, it earlier, was like, whoops, yeah. I did heroin. Yeah, exactly. Was that a good impression? It was a little intense, but it was the vague idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, really do. I thought mine was great. It was a lot. <laughs> I'm in the cans. You don't have the headphones on. Okay. You're in reality. I guess the cans have a, a Seth Rogen filter. <laughs> Let me turn on the Seth Rogen <laughs> auto tune. Yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, ahead. so we we. How many times like have you to... wanted to say that Dave is a great show? By the way, the auto tune. So came many up. times. I was when, just I, when we were talking about it. how I went to podcast listeners instead of people who listen. Uh-huh. He said, like obviously you know, self-interest is at play in an extreme way. <laughs> with him. With me too. Oh, sure. It's something I deal with that, you know. Yeah, you can relate to. It's, yes. And I love, and I admire, we're watching that show and it's so great. That's it. Go so, ahead. So you got so, the breathalyzer so and you would drink a lot. 
we like we would see who could get the biggest number from the breathalyzer. Yeah. And then we would we would wait until we were at one or no at point oh eight where you would get a DUI yeah. and try and do all of the tests. Like just oh. in my house. Like we weren't driving. Everybody nobody okay. nobody thought you were being <laughs> sure. wrong or illegal. It just sounds like a montage in a movie about Greta Gerwig in her twenties. Yeah, sure. I get I yeah. love it. I, it I was mean I don't real it's helpful. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. It's helpful. I know I'm gonna by the time Leela is in her twenties, I'm gonna just completely have deleted mm. the need for social status, social groups, friends, identity, concerts. Like it's just helpful to have a record and just to remember right. like these things really matter. Oh my gosh. Because I think by the time we're that age, it'll be totally possible for me to just be like we didn't do that. We hated that. And if she's doing that, I'll, I, you know, I don't want to, you'll be I don't judge it. I know. I already am like her brain, her frontal lobe wouldn't, isn't even developed. And mine wasn't either. And I was, and look how you turned doing out. a lot. It's of... true. Sounds like a joke. <laughs> yeah. I said it like a joke. <laughs> yeah. I did say it like a joke, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. I do. It's actually, let's, let's walk the joke back like <laughs> a camel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's slow. But we're almost back, and we're back at the beginning. And you did turn out fantastic. And and I, well, I really, I'm a huge fan. We're back to narcissism. I'm a big fan of myself, and I'm like, I like the way my brain turned out. But I didn't start drinking heavy until I was 22. I didn't start drinking at all until I was 20, and it was at my own bachelorette party. Cute. So, uh, yeah. But I, I think I actually, in hindsight, I feel. I feel like I did it the best you could because you should have maybe should is a weird word. Don't should on me, dude. You want like most people want to have years where they're exploring what all of that feels like, like partying feels like I didn't do any of that in high school. I didn't do it until I was 20. I did it basically from the ages 20 to 25 alcohol. Yeah. And then I, Smoked weed from age 21 to 28. Yeah. And then like done, like pretty done. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, not, not like sober, but basically like I did what us, I know I'm California sober, which is, is ridiculous, (laughs) which means I'll occasionally uh, do weed. Although uh, we already talked about this last time we got stoned, the part of me that like comforts me and tells me everything's going to be okay. He's what got stoned. And then I was just like, (laughs) things aren't okay. So I was like, I'm like, I might be getting the point where that's less of an option. Yeah. But I do, of course, um, you know, psychedelics are a big part of my spiritual practice. Yep. Um, but you're one of those people that I just don't, understand i know we've talked about it before that feels good no 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 i mean it like tom brady like i don't understand thomas brady tommy b like is he part of the brady bunch who is that guy is he the center was he alice i i mean like an a reverent like an admiration yes no i know but you and i i've told it a million but you lisa gunger and michael gunger and i Oh, no, I wasn't drinking at this point, but we were in Hawaii and you Mm -hmm. had Manhattans and they sat there the whole meal. (laughs) And I am a non-drinking person and I don't crave it. The only time I crave it is as a, 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 what is it? Anesthetized Mm -hmm. as a Mm painkiller. Because if I'm on a plane and my back hurts and everyone's getting loaded, (laughs) I'm just sort of like, 
it is kind of nice to have something that just kind of like makes you numb. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. It's not worth it. I don't yeah. want to be a purple-lipped weird dad and no. or partner or friend yeah. or person. Yeah. So believe me, I have a billion reasons and the bitch is one. It's this woman. Hello, Carol. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Having a little flip out over here. I'll be I'll be back and I'll be gooey again in 30. <laughs> okay. 30 minutes. Okay. 30 minutes, I'm that's sorry. the end no, of the podcast. No, I know. Um, what I'm saying is you guys, they were getting warm. Like they were, they, <laughs> I just didn't understand it. Like a Manhattan, yeah. these things are meant to be, in my opinion, you should drink them in like four sips. Well, like you used to do fast Manhattan. I used to drink them in one. Yeah. And I, because that was, you know, we don't have to get into all my drinking things, but I was always just like, just fucking get to it. Mm. It's actually kind of one of the things that I've identified now as something that I love about myself, which is mm. like, I've been touring and the shows have been so great and i respect and appreciate that the same thing that made me a not <laughs> wonderful balanced alcohol person mm-hmm. is also what makes me a good comedian i, I was thinking about it as like as as one of the things that makes me but like as cells under a microscope it is weird that we just hoard different resources mm-hmm. um some people hoard beauty Mm. And you know that helps them in their lives. And just imagine being a scientist and looking at human beings, but each one of us is a cell. Mm-hmm. And and then there's like other small things and some of them are money. Mm-hmm. And like, look at this cluster of cells, the 1% or whatever you want to say. And they have this resource that everybody else needs, like to yeah. eat and to grow. And they hoard it and then they slowly give it to the other people. Like, okay, I can see that. One of the weirder things is hoarding comedy. Like that really occurred to me this last leg of the tour. Because hmm. I was like, of course, comedians and everybody who does anything, barbers, I'm not trying to say comedians, oh, what a special subculture. I just mean like anybody that does anything, um, what is the word, specialized. Mm-hmm. If you have a specialty, it's bizarre. It's This is why we find people like uh, Zuckerberg or whatever, like if, if coding and, and that you get hyper-focused. And I've got hyper-focused on being funny and delivering it like, so, of course, like, it's going to take a toll in other areas of my life. I might not mm. necessarily be. But I think that's true for pilots. You know what I mean? They're a yeah. little, They're probably going to be a little uptight at Disneyland. And I might, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever my things are. Well, totally. Well, I think we all have strengths and blind spots or like, yeah. you know, which is, uh, I think, a sign that we are meant to be together. Be together. Absolutely, dude. I Which love that. Which is so funny because we it is. We need each other. Yeah. It, that's why, like, it seems so. It's funny that we live in a culture that is both hyper logical and individualistic because individualism isn't even logical. No, like, it's not. it doesn't make any sense. Did we sense. talk about that? We didn't. I think I talked about this with. Um, Taryn Killam, which was one of my favorite episodes. We're like the same person. I mm. loved it. And I'm not going to ruin when, when, it. Is he single? or once, <laughs> Like, I want to date somebody just like you. That's so cute. It is true. I love that. Thank you for that flirt. Mm-hmm. I received it. Mm-hmm. Um, Taryn and I were talking about the, the, the mythology of the West and how, mm-hmm. like, it's go it alone. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Top Gun Maverick. Go it alone. Until the last minute when you absolutely can't go any further, then at the last second, that guy that you were nice to in the second act will come and save you. Right. So it's really go it alone. It's Jordan and Pippin, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippin. It's like, go alone, Mm -hmm. go alone. But then uh, at last second, oh, that big game, like, you know, oh, I I had to lean on my teammate. Like, we love that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. We do love both because we love like war movies where like love saving Private Ryan and all of that. But I think it is it's my interpretation of that is that it is us understanding that the individual over the whole model that Western society has actually doesn't work and that it leaves like a deep ache inside of us. And you should learn that you need each other. But the next Batman movie, he's back at it again. You know what I mean? He's out there fighting it alone. And this is... Because we still have that mythology. And he has to learn it again. In fact, you could say these characters have to learn it every single movie because that seems to be like the cycle that... I, I, I can't speak for all men and I can't speak for women. I'm just saying it seems to be particularly present in the male mythology of like, I will provide and it sucks and I'll push it up the mountain. Then every once in a while you get shattered and broken. Yeah. And you go like, I could call, I'll leave gender analytics out of it. Mm. That's what I do. Yeah. I'm always doing it. I push it. And I'm just now, I was saying to you just the other day that, a big surprise in my 40s is that I feel like I'm learning more mm-hmm. than I thought I would. I, I kind of thought the die would be cast mm-hmm. and I'm learning a lot. And one of the things I'm learning is like, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Um, here in town, we li- moved out of the city and now we have people that we go to coffee with. And it's such a new and wonderful experience for me to have a community that relies on me mm-hmm. for certain things. And they're all... They're not fancy things. This is why when I say this, I don't feel like I have to check my privilege because I know I just visited my friends in Cleveland. They were talking about their neighbors and how they're friends with their neighbors and that's who they do their stuff with. And I was like, this is what I've been missing. There's a cost to building an Iron Man suit and trying to fly up to the sun. Like you lose these... The cost is like your soul. Well, this is why there's all the the crossroads and the devil's like, I'll teach you how to play the fiddle, but it'll cost you your soul. So I'm doing all of this like earthly i know earthly soul sounds like a paradox but i'm just like Mm. i don't mean spiritual soul i mean psychological Mm. relational communal soul Mm -hmm. whereas i was like i had you know everybody knows where i'm going with this it was like i used to be just allies just people that could like move things forward Mm -hmm. i have a post-it on my desk over there I actually love this about me. Again, we're back to the boozy thing. I have a post-it over there that says, go to guys. And it's just guys that can get things done. Like Brian Mm -hmm. Cullen, who -hmm. did our podcast studio. He's also an incredible editor. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Brian Cullen goes on the Mm post-it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, But it it puts you in a state where you start to think that your value is what you produce and other people's value is what they produce, which by the way, is the one thing I wanted to say on this podcast has been coming up a lot this week, which is a line from Father Greg Boyle's books, which everyone should be listening to constantly. Uh, tattoos on the heart barking to the choir and the whole language incredible audiobooks but he goes if you hate your wounds you tend to despise the wounded mm. and i was like oh my god get out of my heart i love it i love get it get out of my heart and so <laughs> and i don't mean that i mean yes. please move into my heart <laughs> yes because i relate to that super hard when i'm in a real and it's a western dream and there's a lot that I like about, there's a lot that I like about my life, mm-hmm. but there's this bigging up of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I said, making an Iron Man suit and mm-hmm. being faster and shinier and, and going for it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there can be a cost. You, like you, you start, like when we started eating a little bit of chicken, I noticed I got less 
judgy about people that eat chicken. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I still can't make perfect sense of the morality of, of killing animals. We won't get into that. But still, when I stopped only having friends that the 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 nucleus of our relationship was what we could do for each other, even if we didn't talk about it. Right. I started having friends that just it's like Bigfoot. Friend. Yeah. They just wanted to see me. Yeah. At the farmer's market. Right. And I'm like, so I can buy you a coconut? And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I we was just like, like you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's been really special. It's been so nice that you know, that I've seen you become, I actually think you were open to that long before you got to experience it. And it felt like it was the one thing that when we first started dating, or maybe when probably when we first started living together, mm. that I was like, I made a note in my mind to go, don't let this part of you disappear. You, you, in you it, for me yeah well, because i knew that it was a big difference for us and that it's essential like community and close intimate now, friendships is saying this essential to my well-being yeah, yeah. and i had it before you and then i moved away and yep. moved in with you to la yep and i just remember that's why i was so desperate in those first two years to well, find my friends. I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. That's not to say, yeah, yep, yep. And yep. just to see you go then from, it just feels like I'm complimenting both of us and our love and relationship that instead of me letting and you letting that part of me disappear because it didn't fit in with your lifestyle. Yeah. You were open enough and I was stubborn and strong enough yep. to That's right. be like, this is you a non-negotiable. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody, again, something that comes later in life. And when I was married the first time, I didn't know that the healthiest and sort of the best thing you can say is, I know you want to live in upstate New York. That doesn't work. That yeah. doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like, I, I hate that I'm disappointing you right now. Did yeah. I tell that story, by the way? First of all, I love I love that that, that you stood up. I didn't mean to change it and make it a, about me. <laughs> I was relating. No, I know. I, was it, I know you were. And- I think it's wonderful. And I, what I was going to say was, I think that the fact that we've gotten to a place where Val, this is crude language, not like coarse. I just mean it's it's basic. It's mm-hmm. bricks, not mosaics. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. Val won. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if there was a struggle, mm-hmm. and I say that with huge joy, yeah. that there was a, a an area, now I'm thinking of it as like, it's not a war, but you know, a relationship <laughs> is these two merging mm-hmm. armies, and they're mm-hmm. not fighting, they're kissing. And you start looking at the map, and you go like, which territories... Mm. are unclear mm-hmm. i know this is a stupid metaphor but i really see it in my mind and mine was like okay i think we could move somewhere i think we could mix this up a little bit mm-hmm. and i think i could try to come your way like mm-hmm. get, yield this sounds so grotesque but well the the best thing i knew to do was to go like i think you might be right and the best thing you could do which go like i'm not gonna let this go mm-hmm. because my heart like sort of 
saw the potential for it to break if you if we were just like mm. in a penthouse on Sunset Boulevard. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. That's I don't just mean ge- geographically. Living in LA is wonderful. I just mean like what that means. Right. You know what No, I mean? you did. And from the beginning, like I I I think we recognized this as one of our fundamental differences early on. And you loved that about me. Like when we were long distance, you used to say like, I love thinking about you on the deck with all your friends yeah. and like hanging out and it was playing bizarre. music. What? And yeah. <laughs> and you, so I think that you were hyper aware too of like not stealing that from me. Yeah. Which, but you could have done very accidentally if I had just let myself merge with you. Well, that's what I find fascinating about relationships is there's this like subtle, there can be subtle assassinations. Yeah, yeah. And and you can do it as a parent too. Mm-hmm. You discourage certain behaviors and you don't even know you're doing it. Right. But you can do it in a friendship, you can do it in a relationship. And there's appropriate ways to kind of nudge and guide and go like, you know, I don't I don't know if I love that, you know. Mm. But like there's these very unconscious, passive aggressive ways to like snuff out a part of another person. Right. And, and then you're 10 years in and you go like, wait, didn't I used to didn't I used to love the theater? <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but like what we don't realize, this is the problem with enmeshment where to be to become one you know like that that old idea is because what you don't realize that like you were drawn to that person not just because of the parts of them that you liked and related to but the parts of them that you didn't relate to right makes there some sort of tension that is like sexy and appealing and exotic and right. interesting and novel and all these things that you lose when you are when you they just become like well all of the parts of Dan that didn't apply to me fell off and now we're just right you don't the wanna, same thing and you it's don't like, want to take them over right you don't want to turn Topo Chico into Coca Cola yeah. <laughs> Sure. Somebody just that told me. You. <laughs> I don't know. That like oh, his own. Yeah, bite. you were there. Was I? I don't want to. I still drink it, but somebody was like, the mineral content is like too high or something. Oh, the also the metal, the heavy That's metal content. I told you that. No, Casey told me that, and you were there. Okay, but I knew that before. Well, then you told me. I forgot, and then Casey told me. But she's a woman, so good luck pinning that on. I don't listen to women. <laughs> I do, but they have to say it twice. <laughs> Because it has to be two different women for every man. <laughs> That's right. A man can not even tell me. <laughs> and, I'll... and I'll hear him. <laughs> a woman has to tell me and then another woman. All right, let's go to the mid rules. <laughs> Actually, perfect. Did you know it was 30 minutes on the dot? No, I sensed it in my womanly body. <laughs> oh my God. Well done. You know, I can I say before we go to the mid rules that one of them, my friend Ken, Ken Bishop, who, uh, he sometimes hears me lamenting about the ads. Mm. Like I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, it's I, I sell ads. And he's like, don't. He texted me this beautiful text. He was like, don't Aww. feel bad. He's like, I found Magic Mind and PYM. Aww. And he listed all these things. And he's like, I love these things. That's nice. And I got really excited because Modern Mammals is a sponsor on this one. Like oh, yeah. legit. True. I know this is stupid. It sounds like I'm hawking it. For real, my whole life, I've been looking for a shampoo that I didn't fucking hate. So you're about to hear an ad for Modern Mammals. 
and I it's s- completely true. I I fucking love it. I know. Cat who cuts my hair was like, "Your your hair is disgusting," and I was like, "Yeah." That's my secret. I never wash it because I always want it to look good and I want it to have some sort of hold or body or whatever. And I found this thing and now I wash it every day, almost every day. I don't wash it every day, but when I want it to look perfect, I wash it completely flipped. It's it's been looking extra good these days. So don't skip them. I mean it. I love all the sponsors on this one. So check it, check it, check it, check it. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that's true. I never used to wash my hair. I never ever, ever, ever use shampoo until recently. I was getting my wonderful friend Kat who cuts my hair was like, Pete, you have to clean your hair. But I didn't want to because whenever I used regular shampoo, it meant it was clean, sure, but it also looked like shit. It looked like dried out fluffy shit for two days, unmanageable, dried out, thin, brittle hay on my head that I just couldn't control and it looked terrible and I just had to deal with that. That all changed when I found Modern Mammals, the only shampoo that's like a non-shampoo that somehow cleans your hair but leaves it perfect. I'm not just saying that. It leaves it absolutely perfect, like a perfect hair day with structure. It's got that wave. It's got some of that natural moisture staying in your hair where you need it, staying in place and looking incredible. After a wash, now my hair looks like how it used to look when I would wait three, four, five days after a normal shampoo for it to come back to life, to come back to looking great. Now it looks great. Perfect hair day after I spend six seconds with it in the shower, which is incredible. My hair regimen is now the opposite of what it used to be. I used to not wash it when I wanted it to look perfect. Now I wash it when I want it to look perfect before a TV spot, before I tape my special, before I just go on a date with Val. When I want it to look good, now I use Modern Mammals. It is incredible. Over 40,000 guys have switched. You gotta see the reviews. Everybody's mind is being blown. I can't believe more people don't know about it. Once you use it, I'm hooked for life, absolutely never going back, and it's a small punk rock grassroots company. These are just regular guys who were fed up with shampoo frying their hair and set out to actually create new products to wash your hair with, new shampoo alternatives specifically for guys. They have bars, which I love, which is a low lather, fragrance-free, plastic-free way to do it, or you can get bottles. It's like a magic gray mud that you run into your hair and then rinse it out. It's not like a normal shampoo. And somehow, it's like magic. It leaves it looking perfect every single time. Spend six seconds a day and have perfect hair. I found out because I saw it on Instagram. And and then I reached out. I was like, we got to work together. I am all in. Go to modernmammals.com. Use discount code WEIRD for free shipping. That's modern, M-A-M-M-A-L-S.com. Discount code WEIRD for free shipping. You got to check it out. For real. It's blowing me away. Also, we're brought to us by our friends at Element. Healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water, it's about drinking water plus electrolytes, which makes sense. You lose both water and sodium when you sweat, but both need to be replaced to prevent muscle cramps, headaches, and energy dips. But most people are only replacing water. Why? Because we're always told just drink eight ounces of water a day. That's that's basically our water education. Turns out drinking Beyond Thirst is a bad idea. It dilutes blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium, which can lead to headache, low energy, cramps, confusion, or worse. And the solution to getting through your day or your workout Just feeling good with proper hydration to optimize your body and your mind isn't just to drink water, it's to drink water plus electrolytes. So 
Enter Drink LMNT. We call it Element, but it's the letters LMNT. Element has become a huge part of my daily wellness program and part of my morning routine that I legitimately look forward to. I start every morning with a big glass of water and a packet of Element. I like uh, watermelon salt is my favorite flavor. Mix it up and you're good to go. No sugar, no artificial junk, just electrolytes and great taste. They give you the right ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium for health, performance, and energy. It also tastes amazing, and when I'm fasting, having an element helps carry me through those hours where you really want to eat, giving you some flavor and also giving your body what it needs to support itself for healthy fasting. An element came up with a fantastic offer for us. Just go to drinklmnt.com weird and use promo code weird to get a free element sample pack and you can try all their flavors with any order when you order. And if Element doesn't exceed your expectations, they have a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even need to send it back, so you have nothing to lose. Support your body, support this show. Go to drinklmnt.com slash weird and get your free sample pack with any purchase. That's drinklmnt.com slash weird. Try their chocolate salt and try it hot. It's friggin' incredible. And it makes me pee less at night. I don't know why. Something about the sodium. All right. All right, we're back. And we're back. If you despise your wounds, you'll despise the wounded. It's beautiful. Oh, I really good. love that. I think it's just so. It's one right of the on. underreported meaning. I always say underreported, but like I talk, I I do in my writing. Mm. A lot of times we talk about a course in miracles, and a course in miracles seems to get reduced down to like life. This reality is an illusion, and all these sort of like the weird things, like yeah. the kind of strange things. Uh huh. But really, there's this beautiful thing that I can't say enough because it's what I'm trying to do. And it, and it ties into if you despise your wounds, you'll despise the wounded. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you forgive other people's wounds, you'll forgive your own wounds. It's yeah. like your – I think it's so interesting. My whole life growing up as an evangelical, my young man years, I, I just sort of literally idolized Jesus's forgiveness Mm -hmm. it's like this guy's going around and forgiving yeah but i didn't necessarily what i think now it's a very logical step then forgive yeah like that seemed to be under in my branch of christianity just the people i was exposed to that didn't seem to be the message we took from it it was more Mm -hmm. like we've got a golden ticket we've got (laughs) a golden golden ticket ticket. (laughs) we've got a golden ticket to make my day and we'll look at other denominations and be like their golden tickets that's not real no like a super bowl ticket gold That man's fools Because they're Presbyterian. <laughs> exactly. Seventh-day Adventist? Good luck getting into the chocolate factory with that gold. It doesn't even have a sheen to it. <laughs> it's more of a mustard yellow. Oh, my God. You're fun. <laughs> Great riffs. Great riffs. Great riffs. Good times. Great oldies. Anyway, it's like, it's very clear, and it feels very Father Greg Boyle to me. It feels very Richard Rohr to me, but it's like you can't behold your own perfection until you see the perfection of everyone who's created like you, which is everyone. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily their behavior, Mm. but like you see past it and you see that we're all in this together. And then you practice loving. And by the way, as I'm saying this, I'm like, it always comes up. My ego will go, well, you're not doing a very good job. You still get very mad when you sometimes talk to your parents. You'll hang up the phone and you'll just be very mad. It's like, why can't you forgive them? Well, it's a process, fucko. And also, why can't <laughs> you forgive on. yourself in that moment? Forgive If you yeah. can't forgive them, forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them. But you sound like Ken Wapnick, who teaches the course, who's incredible. He goes, be kind 
And when you can't be kind, forgive yourself for not being kind. He goes, that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And whatever Jack and Tara would say, Jack Kornfield and Tara Brock, whatever is on top. Mm. <laughs> like you. Oh, so, so nice. whatever you can be compassionate towards. So, okay, I can't be compassionate towards my parents. Then can I be compassionate towards yeah, myself, myself for, not. for not? Okay, maybe I can't. Mm. I'm mad at myself just as much for not being able to be. Mm. So then what's on top of that? Can I be compassionate towards myself for wishing that I could be compassionate towards my parents? Yeah. Like anything, however, meeting yourself where you're at, basically. Find, but but find the love, find, find the, the love. good. <laughs> and like, yeah, find your, this is where Tara Brock would say like, get in touch with your truest intentions. Yeah. So that's where it's beneficial to be like, okay, I can't forgive my parents. Well, that's because there's a wounded part of me that, you know, n that needs their attention. Can I have compassion for that part yeah. of me? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like however you can get it in. Because the beautiful thing about compassion is it, it's like a super grower. It's a super bloomer mm. where you like just plant one of those seeds and it's going to come, it's mm. going to fill. And it changes the environment. It changes the whole ecosystem in your body. You're virtually, you're virtually <laughs> quoting the course right now. But it's like <laughs> if you change your intent. So the course, the course in miracles is what I'm talking about. It says like everything is real. Mm. There's something new for it. It <laughs> yeah. says everything is real to the to the extent that it can help you remember your true self. Mm -hmm. And that is the only reality you should afford anything. But it also will say every situation and person. A place, anything that happens mm. is an opportunity. But this, it's interesting because the brain, it really is heart work mm. more than brain work. The brain mm. wants to go like, you know, Matt and I went to a wall, Maddie, Matt McCarthy and I, we were touring in Cleveland and we went to this Wahlburgers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I, I didn't find know that, that funny. You went, that you did we that. went to Wahlburgers. That's cute. Yeah, they have Impossible Burgers and I like that. <laughs> I'm, I feel like such, I feel so exposed that you just saw me do, do and say that. They have, they have, like I yeah, meant it. Yeah, they have a, yeah, they have an impossible burger and I like that. Yeah, I felt it was like very a super cute. dork when I, I said it. I loved it. And it was good. It was I love, too. I love thinking of you and Maddie just like being best buds all well, over we this are. country. We are, we are. We're just fucking loving each other, being there for, he's, he's like, I told him on this trip, I was like, I just admire you so very much. Mm -hmm. I said so very much. And mm -hmm. I was like, loving people just feels so good. Yeah. That's, that's, uh -huh. by the way, <laughs> I'm not forgiving Matt. I'm loving him, but loving is just another kind of word for forgiveness. It's like another accepting and seeing and being yes. out of your own way enough to recognize yeah. somebody for who they are and appreciate it instead of trying to bend it and change it. And I think we do that. That's what we, what it means when I say we love each other. We allow each other to be and we encourage, this is so basic, but we encourage the the better angels of of one another. That's right. And you see each other's like, it's so, Friend? it's so interesting to me because you are, you know, we, we started to say this the other day, but it's like one of, I think it's fair to say that your family why well what why, about your family <laughs> while they had uh, well this is i think JK. this is the truth your family while they had other strengths did not have strength 
did not one of those strengths was not intimacy. In my family, while they had their flaws, one of the strengths was intimacy. Mm. But what's interesting is that your so good at intimacy with me, but I think you're learning the joy of being intimate with friends. Can I also say? Yes. So we started this pod by saying I'm so ooey gooey. Yeah. Like some of your friends, and I, I say this with a lot of love, overwhelm me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like that doesn't mean I'm going around palling up to everybody. No. And that doesn't mean that every day even though we live in the small town that I rock it and go to the coffee shop and just say hello to everybody. That's not Mm -hmm. true. I woke up today and I just knew in my bones, this is a me day. And it's one of the reasons that I, I was laying on the bed when you got home, Mm -hmm. just, I felt like I was in heaven. I really did. Mm -hmm. I heard people hammering and I was like, it's like the Shire, somebody like building a Mm -hmm. little fence. And I'm just (laughs) kind of like, but it wasn't even the specificity Mm -hmm. of the location. I was hearing the leaves and the wind and just, fucking felt great mm-hmm. i did all my things yeah I, I i walked on the treadmill i was careful about my diet i did my course lesson and then i lifted weights so of course but i needed that day mm-hmm. and so i'm saying this if anyone's listening and going like well that's just not my style like it's not my style either you find the right balance right anyway so we go into the Wahlburgers. they're not a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we have to say that <laughs> I think it's known. Hilarious. But I went in, this is a Cleveland Wahlburgers, and the the host, God love him, and I really mean that. There's this line, I'm watching Deadwood for the first time, and somebody says about this, this strange guy, they go, he too is the handiwork of God. And I was like, I like that. I like that little. <laughs> I like that. And I thought, it's Garth Brooks. Think of it as a conversation. <laughs> oh, I like that. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Think of it as a conversation. If anybody just is like, how, do, like how do I picture Val's dad? Like, I can picture. Oh, oh, oh no. That is so. Is it too much? Should we cut it out? No. <laughs> okay. It's the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> My dad is like Peter Griffin. Yep. Your dad is Garth Brooks in his first Instagram post or That's whatever that dad. was. That's my dad. That's exactly Think of my it dad. As a conversation. I like that. <laughs> it's a little it's my kind dad of guileless. would watch that it's like video. Well-meaning. Oh, yeah. my dad would watch that video and have no, no notes. I yeah, no notes. It's no earnest. idea why people thought it was. A lot of people funny. don't know what don't have a good radar for douche chills. Right. But that's douche chills. Yeah. So anyway, this guy is you know, the handiwork of God, but he, he was like a, I don't know. I, I won't describe him physically cause that's not really relevant, but his posture and the way that he walked looked mm-hmm. like he um, hated everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. He walked us in. He didn't say anything when we came in. We we're just like two, just walking in and he just picked up two minis and walked the whole length of the bar. He didn't say, follow us, follow me. Yeah. And then he stopped and the bartender said something to him and then he walked back didn't say anything to us. Just was wow. like, I'm trying to think of somebody he looks like. I don't know. Like a very kind of slow, slow, slumpy Paul Giamatti, basically. Okay. But young. And he walks back. Doesn't say, sorry, I, I can't see you in this section. It just turns around and walks. Artie Lang has this great line in his act where he goes, when I was in high school, my teacher said, there's a disinterest in your walk. <laughs> this kid had a disinterest mm-hmm. in his walk. Like every step 
was like you were getting a teenager out of bed. Yeah. Like, let's go, son. Come on. And he was just, oh. And he got to the table before us, put the menus down, and turned around and left. Oh, my God. This is not me saying everyone needs to be excellent. Our yeah. waitress, by the way, was excellent. Sure. This guy was just like a challenge for me. Mm. And in that moment, instead of intellectualizing it and saying, this is what I'm saying, it's not a head thing, it's a heart thing. Mm -hmm. You just have to find the place in you mm -hmm. that's like made out of love and kind mm -hmm. of, and even it's even too active to say, look at him through that place. Mm -hmm. That sounds like too much of an activity yeah. or like a gratitude journal. Yeah. It doesn't work if you, it might work a little bit if you go like, well, it's not a great job. You mm -hmm. know, maybe he's having a rough day. Maybe mm -hmm. his girlfriend or boyfriend just dumped him or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's like that's like bargain bin. Sure. Grace. Sure. Bargain bin love. <laughs> yeah. That top shelf is you just go like, that's me. It's mm -hmm. it's if I was him, I'd be him. Yeah. If I was him, I'd be him. And there he is. And there we are. Yeah. And you just kinda it it goes beyond words, but it it all of course, in miracles and other practices are trying to remind you mm. that there's a truer place from which to look at the world. Mm. And it's not it's not like somewhere else. It's like deeper in. Mm -hmm. And if you can just stop, boy, I was on the treadmill today and I brag, and I was watching a movie and I was just like, I couldn't believe the the voices in my head. Mm. She's not very attractive, like a child. Mm. They couldn't get a prettier. Mm. Like what? But yeah. I, but the the thing that the course says is just notice, sure, and try, and it's not even stop. Just notice and try to wilt. Mm -hmm. Try to just like like break up mm -hmm. like an ice shelf. Yes, just melt. Stop. Yeah. And but the first thing is notice and and without judgment being like, wow, he's really going for it. Like mm. my my judging mind is really going for it. What were you going to say, sorry? Yes, I think that's exactly right. And also just like it's not personal. It's not personal to them and and meaning also your thoughts aren't personal to you. Like That's they, right. It was a reflex. It was And yes. it probably also had to do with it instantly my mind was like, yeah, I think I get more judgmental if I'm exercising because you're like uncomfortable and you and don't And you're going for it. This and, is the risk. And you don't want to you're just yeah, you're like you're a little bit miserable and so you're just kind of outsourcing that onto people. That's right. Also I know, like, I did a, a yen yoga class with my mom. It was so magical, by the way. We didn't even talk about this. But mm. I go to this yen yoga class that is, like, the most feminine possible space. I, I, you couldn't make it more feminine if you tried, mm. even though there's men in there, too. But it's yen yoga is feminine. Uh, yen is feminine and the yen yang. And it's... There's yin yang yen? <laughs> there's... What? Shouldn't it be... It's yin yang, and oh, yin ying. is the feminine, and yin. yang is, yeah, yin. Yin yoga. What am I saying? Yen. Yin. I'm, yin. Am I still saying yin? I'm just enjoying this. Like, if this was a scene <laughs> in a movie, I'd be like, I love that part where they're like, yen. Yin. Yin. Yin yoga. Yin yoga. Y-I-N yoga. Yin yoga. Yin yoga. Yeah. Yin yoga. I was thinking of yen sushi, which is by the grocery store. Okay. <laughs> Let's go get that sushi next time we're in LA. Dude. Remember that sushi? 
Fucking between an Albertsons and a coffee bean and some of the best sushi of our life. Love that sushi. Um, okay. Anyway, so yin yoga. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. And uh <laughs> sorry. Go on, please. So it's restorative. So you do like maybe four poses in like an hour and you're just holding them and it's so beautiful. And I was I took my mom, so my mom was in the room. Our friend Genevieve, who's like my soulmate friend. Yep. And Ivy Ardula. So I oh, was like was there? in already this very light filled room in this very feminine yeah. space with this feminine teacher. And like my mother and my doula and one of my dearest friends was yeah, there. Ivy is for so femininity lovely. what a man who's goat from the waist down with a pan <laughs> flute and chest hair and he's a redhead. Yep. Yeah, I'm picturing she's it. that for fe- women. <laughs> yeah, she's that simple, which like is a nymph. like yes, a, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, and we, she said something really beautiful, which I knew this. Like your hips hold your emotions, so we were doing like hip stretches, and she, she beautifully, the teacher did it more articulately than I'll be able to. But she was like, and this is often where we store our emotions. So if you notice any emotions coming up or any unusual thoughts Mm. or even any usual thoughts like these repetitive Mm. kind of stories that we tell ourselves. She's like, that makes sense. Just notice it and let it go. And like, so there's a potential that you're doing the treadmill and like your hip flexors are going and that's how your pain releases is through these judgmental thoughts. It doesn't really matter the source of it it's just remembering it's not permanent and it's not personal well, it's that's like, ruth king yep it's not there's permanent, a third one personal it's not permanent personal it's or not very professional <laughs> yeah what is it personal permanent, permanent. i can't remember shoot but there's Possible. another one that's great um and and you can just let it go. Like you can, you just don't have to identify with it. Cause once you go, ah, oh, fuck, I'm so judgmental. I'm a piece of shit. I it can't, has me. or you'll go like, I I'm doing all this practice, this, you know, practicing. How come I can't do it? I'm not get like, what good yeah. is that doing anything? I'll tell you what good it does from the point of view of the course. Mm-hmm. The course would say, we want to be angry mm. even at ourselves yeah. We want people to treat us unfairly, unconsciously. Mm-hmm. We want to, uh, when things go wrong, we yeah. sort of unconsciously love it mm-hmm. because at least it means we're really separate. Yeah. Because we're our big, our ego's biggest fear is that it's going to disappear into the heart of God mm-hmm. and lose mm-hmm. its specialness. Mm-hmm. So it will take special love. That's its preference. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pete, you're so great. But it'll take special hate. Yeah. Oh, Pete, you piece of shit. You just thought that kid should have been somewhat more attractive. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? At least the course is, I'm pretty sure where we get, do you want to be right or happy? I don't know if it's the first one Mm. that said it. Mm -hmm. I think it might be. Um, But that's that's what's going on there. It's like, do you want to be separate or do you want to be happy? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. And also from a purely like psychological perspective, uh standpoint that judgmental voice is a protector and so the last thing it wants is to let whatever feelings it's protecting come yeah. out yeah. and and like it's like it's like asking it to take its armor off and reveal 
the soft, squishy, ooey That's right. gooey. Yeah. Well, the course would say, it's, it's another way of saying the same thing. It's just, it is a little bit fiercer language, but it would be mm. like, you would forgive your parents or whoever it is that that is particularly triggering to you, mm. but then who would you be? Mm. Sometimes I notice that I will call home or, or call a challenging friend or something mm. if I just kind of feel like I'm starting to vanish. Because mm. I'd rather have those That's thoughts like of like, fuck you, dude, fuck you. Because then you know at least how to feel. Yeah. Like I felt that way when I was, the times in my life have been heartbroken. There's mm. no doubt that you're, that you exist. Yeah, yeah. It's That's, like Leela. Well, Leela just did, because um, I'm looking at that as like certain parts of you are asking for attention too. So, uh. um, and Leela did this yesterday at the in the pool. You guys, Leela swam for the first she time swam. yesterday. We had the best summer solstice. We got chickens. June. She named 21st. the other chickens, by the way. She named one of the chickens Bowie. Bowie, and he has Bowie's hair. And then, or she, and then the other chickens she named in their Baki and B. <laughs> so we have Bowie, Baki, and B now, and Smoke. We're fostering Smoke, and um, so we got chickens, and she learned to swim, and we roasted Incredible. hot hot dogs on the campfire. It was lovely. Anyway, so we're having this perfect day, and I, but I'm chatting with my friend Ivana, who's there with her kid, and Leela, like grabbed my shoe and I was like, don't throw my shoe in the pool. She like went to throw it in. I was like, Leela, do not throw my shoe in the pool. And she like just threw it in. And I was like, Leela, please listen to me. Don't do that. And I put it back. And then like two minutes later, she like looked at me again and just threw my shoe in. And I went, what are you trying to tell me? Because this isn't like you to just do. You remembered your better angels. Yeah. I was like, you must be trying to communicate something to me. And I was like, what is it that you want to say to me? And she was like, hi, mama. <laughs> and I was like, do you want my attention? And she's like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, next time just be like, I need your attention. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. But we have parts of us that are doing that at all times. Now, <laughs> the people that are the most triggering to me, young young people, you know, people we know <laughs> you know the youths <laughs> the youths of today like me you know hanging at skate parks eating taco bell uh i just mean grown-ups that i know yeah <sighs> it's exhausting i just i hate i i have a hard time when other people like overshare do all the things i do mm, yeah. overshare or going for attention and i'm just like what's this idiot yeah and i'm like Somebody said that of somebody who's sort of, uh, you know, that I that I don't open my heart to as naturally as other people. And mm. they were like, yeah, your relationship to them is your relationship to that part of you that is that way. Totally. And you, and you should just use them as a way to love that part of you. Yep. And I was like, fuck, I dude. know. When Master class. When our friend said that to me about that person too, I was like, yep, that's 100% true. Beautiful. I wanted to share my one tip no (laughs) it's so silly so i've been trying to write this movie script for a long time and i'm really ripping through it and thanks to ryan holiday who told me to read the war of art um, by stephen pressfield i listened to it twice actually Mm. and it really it's not it's not a book you can summarize because it's one of those it's like uh books that help you quit a behavior it like Mm kind of 
lulls you into it. Mm-hmm. But it, basically, if I were to summarize it, it would be like, look, writers just get in the seat. That's the hardest part. You just got to do it. You mm-hmm. got there. There's a quote in it where they go, they're asking some famous writer, "Do you write when you're inspired, or do you write on a schedule?" Mm. And he says, "I only write when I'm inspired." Luckily, I'm inspired every morning at 9 a.m. Mm, I was like, that's it. That's nice. But yeah. hearing someone, because I listened to it as an audiobook, listening to that was inspiring. And then this is bizarre, but like I watched, I've always been interested in those of you that listen, nicotine is like an interesting chemical for me personally. They say it has some sort of ADD stuff, blah, blah, bloopy. So I was watching some YouTubies, some, you know, doctor types talking about it and i was sort of surprised that they were saying something that i hadn't heard so a little backstory and we're almost done i chewed nicotine gum at it i think when i was doing not crashing but i mean it's been through when i wrote uh, my book definitely when you wrote your book but it's been on and off i mean you were sat in that chair recently and had an uh, you know like a I I like quit I was on it again and I quit yeah yeah here at the pod yeah 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 because uh when I was doing the Pradeep's TV that's show that's what it was I was, was sick almost, yeah I was like really really sick and brain fog up the wazoo so I asked somebody to get me some Nicorette and I just chewed it I barely noticed mm. but I was chewing a ton of it mm. and then I was that's like, what it was and then when I left Toronto I just threw it away and I got to the airport and I wanted to murder Murder. people yeah and I was like that's when I sat right here and I was like it here's underreported again it's underreported it is a mood elevating it helps you think all these different things it elevates your heart rate so I kind of say it's like jogging but you're sitting still Mm -hmm. um but it's the same thing as like getting up and jumping up and down a few times Mm -hmm. but people don't talk about how fucking horrible it is to go off it so Mm -hmm. I was like fuck this shit I'm out then I watched this guy on YouTube talking about how he does between four and eight milligrams of nicotine a day only when he's working, only when he's writing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't know, but I'm going to try this. I got the two milligram Nicorette. I put it in a kitchen safe so I could lock it when I was done. Mm-hmm. It's a timer safe. turns out I don't even need it. But when I sit down and I'm looking at the script. It has to be open on the screen. And it's the only time I'll do it. I'll give myself one, maybe two pieces of this two milligram gum. So a very, very negligible, negligible amount. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, real fast, it's fucking game changer for mm-hmm. me. Because what it is, is, is this association. It's made me associate this reward mm-hmm. with writing. Mm-hmm. So I, as you know, famously... Never write on airplanes. I'm just too tall. The seat in front of me <laughs> reclines. There's no room. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But the past two, three airplanes I've been on, I'm ripping through five, six pages of my script mm-hmm. because I want to chew the gum. Mm-hmm. And the, and I'm like making this deal with this part of me where I'm like, I know you like it, but if you want it, you have to write. And then the more interestingly, when I was doing shows, I didn't chew it. So there was like a four day span there where I wasn't chewing it, mm-hmm. but it's so small a dose that I didn't have any withdrawal. And I was like, this is fucking working for me. Yeah. So I don't know. I've always been interested in why like Hemingway and all these writers smoke. Stephen King is a huge mm-hmm. nicotine person. And I was like, yeah, something about it. Mm-hmm. I said to you the other day, I finished writing. I go, nicotine agrees with me. Mm-hmm. It just makes my fingers dance on the keyboard (laughs) and i get really 
excited. I actually overwrite. I'll write so much that I have to go back and like clean it up because I could tell I was almost in a frenzy. Yes. Like I can make these people say anything. Well, he should be like this and this and this. I have to go back still on nicotine and take it out. Yeah. But I wanted to share that for many reasons. The War of Art was the beginning. And then I'm very interested in marrying an addictive substance with an activity (laughs) that you don't want to do. But isn't that what our bodies do? You work out and it oh. gives you endorphins. You eat well, and it gives you other rushes. And I was like, well, writing sucks. You sit at your keyboard and bleed, right? Well, not today, motherfucker. Mm, yeah. I'm going to give myself this only when writing treat. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. nicotine. For me, that's always worked. But I wanted to share this sort of like hack. And yeah. I was like, fuck, this is really making a difference. I, I broke page like 80 yeah. on this thing. And it seems like you could do it with coffee. You could yeah. even, I mean. Stimulants. Yeah. Uh, but like even having just positive associations with sitting down and writing, this is not new information. This has been documented that every time you sit down, if you try to sit down around the same time every day, you light the same candle, you sit in the same spot, you open the window, you get a a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that's why I, it's really important to me the space that I write in because it has to be like a space that I can't wait. When I think about my desk in my office, it feels like the coziest corner of the world to me. And I always have a blanket and I always have music on that I love and I have something warm to drink and I have the windows open and I light a candle and it's like all of that works towards making me feel like I'm climbing into something that I want to do. Yep. Um, so yeah, having just in, in general, any positive association. Well, it's not but- a plug, but magic mind is part of that for me. Coffee mm-hmm. is a part of that for me. Yeah. But like something about, for me, I think oh, there's yeah. other people that wouldn't like it. But for me, I'm like, any tip? Obviously, magic mind is a huge one as well. Yeah. And, bra- and alpha brain. But this one is the new the new one in the stable. And the I'm new very one excited right about it. <laughs> so nicotine, give it a try. I don't mean cigarettes. I mean, no, like I know. benign way. And I did a lot of research. I won't bore people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't bore people. Great chemical. Great chemical. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Let's do it. We're out of here. I'm going to the farmer's market. Man. Jealous. Just kidding. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think a lot of people, Val, are like, no. <laughs> no you know what I mean? not jealous. A lot of people are like, no, I live in Portland live and I'm in... going to a barcade. That's yes. what I'm doing. I'm in Brooklyn and I'm going to go like have yeah. drinks on a barge, which was one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, Brooklyn. exactly. Yeah. I or I'm going to go cow tipping. <laughs> we just watched Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. All right. All right, dear ones. Go ahead and keep it crispy.